What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to The Big Stream. I'm Kyle Koster. That's Stephen Douglas. We're talking Succession, episode five of the last season. There are only five that remain. I had an unusual experience with this episode in that for the first 40 to 45 minutes, I was kind of underwhelmed. I know that we're coming off such highs of Logan's death. Not that that's a high, but the way that it was done on television was was brilliant. And then last episode with the intrigue over the note this one kind of got to the bare bones we're off to scandinavia we're at chairman matson's re-education camp it's i mean the architecture is beautiful but nobody is really having a good time nobody's getting along the press has been keyed in to the fact that there's some discord among the two camps but i think that that dramatic scene with roman out there and maybe the most beautiful place in the world, essentially telling Madsen to fuck off that he hates him. Uh, you know, it really landed and maybe it needed to be a slow burn. So my impressions of this episode is that it was kind of a slow build to kind of a momentous thing. And we got a lot of news in the last five minutes. Stephen, how did you feel watching this one? Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I started off taking some good notes and then I was joined by a, uh, a uh, 15 month old who uh, was not conducive to the note taking uh, endeavor. Uh, but before before we really get uh, going on this podcast, I just want to put on my compression socks. If you can just <laughs> not judge me for a second. Um, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it. I mean, let, let's start at the start. Uh, Kendall coming in and finally getting to walk in the door and be CEO. As we saw him, I think it was the very first scene of uh, the the pilot episode uh I, I i thought it was well done and to have roman there it it reminded me of how much roman has changed uh he was a little more uh weird in the uh very early episodes uh into uh stretching and having uh incense burned in to make deals happen uh i i think uh kieran culkin has done a great job uh 
just transforming Roman Roy into the guy we saw in this episode. The the Roman from the pilot would not have been capable of that moment. Uh, and it was just, yeah, I, 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 I really liked it. All right. I love the positivity. Um, I wrote the very first thing down, new music, uh, a, a sound we had never heard on succession played as Kendall came back into the office displaying that season one swagger. And I think that Kendall has been so broken for so long that even though you don't root for him and you don't like him to see him have that self-confidence walking in, like, yes, he's a douchebag, but at this point of the series, he kind of feels like he's our our douchebag. His buzzwords were off the chart. Just like I said last week, he was going to go into that job and it was going to be like nothing had changed. I think that he in his own mind, looked at a men in black thing in the last four years of his life have been nothing uh, except a blip. And now he's finally in the big job. We had Roman cracking wise about 33,000 emails as an allusion to his new uh, flirtation and full embrace of the right wing. So they got people in to help him. Uh, They were immediately told fuck off. Um, And then we were off to Europe and these people, you know, they are young and they're fit, but they are European. <laughs> that that was such a great line to uh, especially to deliver to someone who is actually from Europe, uh, Matthew McFadden. Um, that yeah, I I just really enjoyed everything. Uh, the Calispatron, uh, the that entire thing. It it very easily could have just been a throwaway. And then they used it as a bomb in the negotiations. Uh, I, th- I thought we saw a lot of people get their swagger back in this episode. And that's why I kind of liked it. Um, it. It was a lot of people like waking up from, uh, I mean, Logan's been gone for like 72 hours now. It's obviously time to move on for everyone, except for Connor, who is, uh, you know, sending pictures of what I have to have to assume are uh, Logan Roy's uh, dead body. He was asked explicitly not to send the photos. He sent one anyway. Marsha, uh, Marsha's power play includes putting <laughs> Logan in a kilt for some reason. I mean, I don't see the full chessboard here, uh, but I am not an Elon Musk. That didn't make a tremendous amount of sense to me. Maybe we could argue that the person who got their swagger back the most tonight was Shiv. Um, Shiv, largely detestable, didn't enjoy anything she was doing. Uh, I was frozen in place when she was holding brown liquor and and being offered cocaine knowing uh, of her pregnancy status and I was 50-50 on whether she was going to imbibe in that but man she is back and she is mean and she is assertive and it's kind of the same thing with Kendall like no do I appreciate who they are as people not in the least but is it comforting in a way to see them like functioning at full capacity and being detestable out loud? Yeah, in a way it is. So like this show continues to challenge you because really the crux of this episode is them going out and meeting an even more detestable foe in Matson, who him and his whole camp can get fucking lost <laughs> for me. I They do an incredible job of making them seem like the real bad guy. Like they're terrible. I, I, they were, they were mean to everybody. They're above it all. The negotiation sucks. 
Uh, finally, Roman meets, meets his breaking point. But really, man, this was like, okay, whose side are you really on? And once again, Succession puts us in the unfortunate or, I, I don't know, maybe like challenging situation of being like, okay, well, I guess I'm rolling with the Roys because they're the lesser of two extreme evils. Yeah, I, that's the... I, I, I'm drawing a blank on what it's called, uh, where we root for the bad guy. Uh, the bad guys, the, uh, I mean, it's breaking bad. It's the wire. Um, it's all these shows that, you know, we are, we're after the anti-hero and, uh, succession is full of anti-heroes. Um, yeah, Shiv, I had completely forgotten until you just mentioned it, that she was pregnant. Uh, I, I'm just sitting here watching like, oh, yeah, she's having a drink. Uh, OK, she, you know, she's down. She's going to have some cocaine. At no point did I think, well, that that is not recommended before your 20 week scan, Shiv. But it, it was it, she definitely she was definitely the big winner of the week. Um, I think that'll show in our stock market bit at the end. Um, she somehow ended up negotiating the deal herself uh, directly with Matson. Uh, going or doing the end around with their brothers um and they they don't even know it there there's no there's no big uh tell Cersei it was me you know so for right now she's just back in in what is one of the uh I think we're setting up for an all-time weird uh love triangle between yeah the, I mean Tom and uh, Matson. Yeah, the uh, the sexual chemistry uh, was was jumping off the screen in a very weird way. But we understand that the way that Lucas Matson shows love uh, is by sending half a liter of his blood uh, as a joke. Uh, I mean, it starts as a joke, then it's not a joke, and then it comes all the way around to being a joke. In that way, it's much like the uh, Too Many Cooks video, uh, <laughs> only with uh, plasma and maybe O-negative uh, vials. So just to tick through exactly what happened, because it was a little bit confusing, a little bit in the weeds, they show up in Norway, uh, not to meet hot women as, as Greg, uh, Arctic foxes. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, strong stock. We're going to, we have a, a solid 10 on Scandinavia and how amazing of a place it is coming later in the episode. So they wanted to get $144 per share without ATN. Lucas offers 187 50 50 cash stock ultimately they agree on 192 million but that comes with atn and there's this great struggle whether dad would have wanted them to do this when we all know dad would have done whatever he wanted to do so ultimately we get two people happy at the end of this episode largely those people who aren't on the kill list uh can breathe a sigh of relief for now, but the two people most thrilled about this are Matson and Shiv. So once again, we've splintered. Um, the battle lines change so much, but you see that when Kendall and Roman are receiving praise for what they did, they're not happy. So unhappy, in fact, that Matson requires a photo of their faces. So ultimately, unsatisfying for pretty much everybody. I think the audience. Uh, included because for some reason 
we want ATN to remain in the hands of the people who are actively destroying America uh, and not going out to, uh, you know, the, the people who have a kickyball team that recently won a thing. But look, man, on paper, huge success in principle. Obviously, this is going to cause some rifts and some challenges going forward because Matson is not going to wait a single second before enacting his plan. On that kill list was Ray, Mark, Hugo, Frank, and Carl. Safe was Jerry in Carolina. Yeah, man. Oh. I'm I'm really gonna miss uh Ray and Mark who uh wore their yellow shirts. Uh or is it is it red shirts or yellow shirts that always die on Star Trek? No idea. I think it's I think it's the red shirts. We'll have to look it up in uh edit that in uh post. Just like the they it was so great how he he sent the email. It's like, well, everybody's gotta go. And then they get there and he's like, well, it's just me. What are y'all doing here? Um, that was that's just such a, a transparent move. Uh, once he reveals it, I guess the the jokes on him. He has to. They have to eat from his buffets. Um, and Hugo, uh, <laughs> Hugo was really uh, packing it on. He he was the uh, he obviously was dominating the brunch. Uh, that was a that was a great moment. And then he ends up on the kill list. Um, and Tom, speaking of people to get their uh, their swagger back by being mean to Shiv uh, or responding to her being mean to him, uh, he ends up at, as the head of ATN and he avoids the kill list because uh, he once laughed at uh, some cargo shorts. Yeah, you could really see that. Um, Tom is pathetic. Uh, he's always trying to weasel and sidle in uh, his efforts to make an impression are really rebuffed Hugo, by the way, um, you know, he's down bad uh, right now. I mean, he, he leaked that negative press, which Kendall is saying, if anybody uh, did that, they'd be fucking crucified. Uh, and Roman, I feel like immediately knew that uh, Kendall had done that. Uh, so that lasted all of uh, 30 seconds uh, as a, as a secret, but he does have a bright future with Willa's mom, who is known to love a buffet herself a Jenga tower of grapes. I love that little things like this become really big laugh points uh, in this show. And I think that the reason why the first 45 minutes to me didn't feel like peak succession is because there was a really noticeable dearth of great lines. Uh, normally I'm writing them down fast and furiously. I didn't have a ton here. Um, largely Greg was uh the humor points, uh, the quad squad, which I would be a great name for like a <laughs> high school football weightlifting club. Uh, he's really trying to get in there and he's doing it like in a, in a way dopier way than Tom does, but somehow it's still less pathetic. Well, it's cause he's family, you know, uh, he, he can get away with a lot more than Tom. Um, I mean, I, I thought again, while while I was allowed to take notes, uh, I, I thought there were some very good ones at the beginning, uh, starting with Hugo uh, saying CE bros is the bad version and Kendall going, shall we maybe not do the bad version? Um, Calypsotron, obviously. Uh, and then we're death wrestling with ogres and she goes, you're reading documents and Hugo, <laughs> with, the, Hugo with the snakes on the plane reference. Um, that, oh, powerful episode for Hugo. Uh, what which Olympic sport was he uh, was he competing with? 
I thought it was uh, either ski jumping, but then he said it was like a quarter or a tenth of a second that can be a killer. So I was a little bit uh, confused about that. But everybody was very fit and everybody looked like they were about to uh, go out there. Uh, they will all outlive Logan Roy. That's my guess is every single one of these people has a sauna in suite uh, and they will be uh, they will be flirting with the century mark, if not eclipsing it. Well, you would think that, but Lucas Matson's uh, drinking brown liquor and doing cocaine with pregnant people, so maybe the world's not long for him. Uh, he he might just try and base jump if uh, if the deal goes through. But wow, what a what a power play! Uh, Shiv gives away the business secret that uh, if you say a bigger number, then they'll have to accept it, and that's what he does. Isn't it funny too? After all, like that uh, cloak and dagger, smoke and mirrors, all the mental power play. Michael Scott declining to speak first. It just comes down to a piece of paper with a number on it. And you know, like the show does a really good job of presenting these people as savvy players, but ultimately, like almost like fatalistic. Like, you know, like what controls everything, the market, the dollar, everything like that. So it's just like everybody has huge egos and the huge personality. But at the end of the day, Kendall and Roman can't say no to this deal because it's beyond everything that they ever dreamed when they get on that plane, even if they spent the last half trying to actively tank it. But even if they wanted to say no to it, they could have said no to it in person. Uh, they were trying to say no to a big number in person, but what he does is he calls, I think it was Hugo and he's like, here's the new offer. And when Hugo hears it and brings it to everybody, there's nothing they can do because it's such a good deal that they can't say no. Well, I think we should have the Matson conversation now because I, I hate this guy. I really do. Like I cannot oh, so good. Stand I hate him. him. And yeah, the acting is unbelievable because even when he show you shows you that human side, like on the back end of that is something so aggravating that it it, it beggars belief. Um, I, I just I, I I you know it's it's kind of it's a remarkable achievement in this universe to escalate to a point where you are the villain. And maybe there's some people who find the things that he does funny, but for me, it's such a specific version of billionaire um, man, baby, that, that that's very hot. That's very in the news right now that I think kind of like captures it in a less cartoonish version than I think then a lot of times we would see this person be dopier, uh, more bumbling, but with Matson, and I think it's it's such a savvy move to make him Scandinavian, is he's just cold and he's just aloof. And everything that he does like is is sort of unbelievable on one hand, but you saw basically the premise of this episode is to show culturally that he fits right in to this mode of operations. Yeah, um it is it is perfect like that. Uh it's like in Ted Lasso, they have a Dutch character. And uh, he, they're like, he's not being sarcastic. He's just Dutch. Um, the Alexander Skarsgård, the Skarsgårds in general are just amazing. What a family. 
Um, Alexander Skarsgård is so good as this character. And I'm so excited that we're finally going to see more of him. He is just so good to watch. Um, and he is, he's just like this horrible billionaire. And the, you would see a different version of this on obviously like uh, Silicon Valley, which is more of a, uh, obviously a, an actual comedy, whereas uh, Succession's just a hilarious dramedy. Um, but he's, and maybe what's best about his character is how he is so uninterested in everything. He's the billionaire who can do whatever he wants and he hates it all. He's like, well, this is all just bullshit. He, he's constantly calling himself out for how dumb all this shit is. Uh, even though it's actually awesome, but it is dumb. Cause like if, if we were given that opportunity to go to that place, we'd be like, wow. Yeah, that's sick. This is so cool. Uh, I, I want to sleep in the place where the bear shits in the woods um, with, with the rest of my corporate bro brodies. Um, but he's, he's so great. And, and it actually kind of makes you understand how certain other billionaires might sit around and uh, decide what to do with check marks on a uh, Saturday rather than go out and have fun with their footy team. Yeah, you do understand that, but I think that the the, the brilliance of the Skarsgård character is that, you know, he's not stupid. Uh, you know, I mean, first of all, he's pondering the great mysteries of the universe, uh, such as whether France is going to make it or if they're going to pull a grease. Uh, he has the line of the episode to me when he said, lecture me, Volter guy, uh, to Kendall. He points out that ATN is full of small small men with big veins. So I think that he understands that like what's best for the world is to get this filth and trash off the air. And ironically, ironically, I mean, I don't know how red-pilled Roman is at this point, but I could see an event horizon where the content at ATN is a little more um, – positive for the world under his care than it would be if it remained in-house in uh the Roy the family uh as Greg so eloquently put it yeah I think the the main point was like uh old people watching TV is not a good business plan and I mean hopefully in the real world that is uh also something that we see not to uh not to make any judgments of any networks. Another uh, particularly biting line that he had that I think was was spot on. He said, uh, you're a tribute band. Um, Kendall's retort to his brother was, we've seen him. He's a card trick. And that inspires them to do a tightrope walk on a straight razor. Um, really, I just the way that the, the writer's room has gotten more praise than any writer's room in the history of television. But I think it's just amazing that to me, they have the confidence to write these lines down uh, where on paper, you know, they seem so grandiose uh, and maybe overwritten, but in the context of the show where everything is so refined and you expect like the primo of everything, I'm just all in on all the jargon and all the, like the cutting pros. And like, I think, for me, this episode was smaller than the previous two intentionally, 
um, and, and probably rewarded people, uh, uh, you know, with, with a little break to be like, okay, well, largely this is what succession is. It's not these tentpole events. It's, it's people getting into rooms and trying to get one over on each other using like the most clever and witty repartee available. You say it's not a tentpole event, but I mean, how, what was the travel budget for, to shoot this episode? Um, just to be in the most ridiculously gorgeous place on earth, um, to go on the gondola rides and shoot scenes on a gondola. And, um, just that there's just, it's so large scale, uh, to be small scale, uh, which is great. And going back to the dialogue, um, just like how they, they say all this stuff, but then they immediately take a piss on it. Um, like Romans immediately like, well, that doesn't sound like fun to walk on a, a tightrope razor blade. Um, and pretty much all, all the jargon, they're like, well, they immediately have another character answering back. Like, uh, like the CE bros and Kendall's like, well, that kind of, that actually sucks. Um, so I, I think that, coming up with all this stuff that like that our favorite billionaire likes to probably does say in meetings, but then he does it with people clapping while rocks rockets explode, man. Yeah. Like uh, saying someone went to the Hanna-Barbera business school. Um, yeah, and that's, that's such, that's so great to just be, to make such a, a childlike reference, like you're fucking Scooby-Doo man. And then it's just so, it's so biting. Uh, conversely, we had uh, Tom telling Shiv that her earlobes were thick uh, and chewy like barnacle meat. Uh, you know, I'm not going to pry too deep into your relationship, but what would happen uh, if you told your wife that? I would. I, I wouldn't even be able to. I would never come up with that. Um, barnacle meat. I, I mean, barnacles are things that like live on the bottom of ships. How, how do you know what that meat is? I didn't. I guess I never thought about the fact that they have meat. No, me either. Me either. Uh, I I gotta well, imagine. She wouldn't like it. They're probably uh like the uh the songbird. Uh, they ate in season one. Uh, with with uh cloth over their head to hide the deep shame and or increase the pleasure. Uh, looking forward, it seems like we have. Uh, Matson's in our life now. Uh, yeah. they have to accept this deal. Uh, we have a Shiv and Matson uh, consigliere situation brewing. We have Tom on the upswing. We have Kendall and Roman one mere episode after accruing all this power, kind of having the carpet pulled out from them because, uh, you know, let's do the uh, the Batman thing. Do you feel in control here? They do not feel in control on that plane. No, that that's in, inc just incredible work by Matson. Uh, great villain stuff to just basically steal this company from them after they've decided to uh, keep it, and they are they are just not in control. Yeah. All right, it is that time of the week. Everybody's favorite parlor game. We're gonna play stock up, stock down, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. I don't know all the <laughs> business terms. I am just a simple blogger. Uh, listed first on IMDb is Greg Gregory. <laughs> uh, Gregory. Uh, I I think his stock has to be kind of up because Tom 
uh, kind of got a nod from uh, Shiv, who is appears to be moving up in the world. So as long as Tom is safe, which he appears to be, then Greg is safe going forward. Uh, Greg, with some amazing, amazing intel, uh, discovered that Matson, when he's having sex with randos, uses noise-canceling headphones and listens to podcasts as they slide up and down on the beanpole. I mean, listening to this right now while having sex. I certainly certainly hope so. Uh, It will make him last longer. Uh, But you know what? Matson doesn't seem like a very generous lover to me. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there. Not if he's listening to podcasts while uh while ha- having coitus. No, uh, you know, <laughs> a, a a great night for Madsen plus the two thousand five <laughs> draftables. Uh, next on the call sheet, Roman Roy. Uh I mean, it's tough because it seems like he just got much richer, but um. He also seems very depressed, so I I guess uh, personally stock down, um, but you know financially stock up. Yeah, I think it's down because he's not really motivated by money. I think that the death of his father really started to hit him mm. pretty hard this episode. I mean, there was the whole kilt, uh, Ramalama Hamdam uh, going on out there. He did get to tell Matson to his face how he felt, but ultimately that was just uh, a precursor to getting it shoved back in his uh, tough for Roman. But again, uh, I think if one actor uh, has elevated themselves this season, uh, it's Kieran Kolka. Not that's it's as good as anything on TV. And I mean, you go back to like the prestige stuff. Like to me, this is, uh, this is Brian Cranston. This is John Hamm type stuff. He's, he's putting up uh, in the final season. Yeah, the Culkins and the Skarsgårds, um, they're they are two great acting families. Carolina, so Carolina, 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 yeah, Carolina, uh, not on the kill list. Happy about it. Um, I feel like her stock up, stock is up, uh, especially if she likes uh, getting uh, bricks of blood. Because I feel like that is on the horizon for her if the deal goes through and she is uh she makes a transition. And Madsen certainly has a proclivity uh to this type of behavior. Uh he, this guy, I, I it's kind of a shock that he hasn't been canceled yet. Uh he's probably our most cancelable character on the show, which is which is saying a lot. Um, yeah, she's well, really seen it rise uh in 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 season four. There was a time where uh, you know she went episodes and episodes and like maybe half a season without being involved and now you saw after logan's death she got uh a lion's share of the time over those past few minutes uh she's in there maybe that maybe shiv has a better pr strategy than she does but i think that shiv will love to remain uh behind the scenes pulling the strings well don't worry because once the u.s media hears about this billionaire then they are going to be all over this. Yeah, absolutely. Get canceled. Uh, I don't, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that pesky us, uh, liberal media, Frank, uh, stock down. Uh, he was on the kill list, right? So, I mean, there was, yeah, but he has a golden parachute, so he'll be okay. Yeah. Frank, uh, Frank seemed resigned to his fate. Um, there were moments at, uh, tonight that, 
reminded me of the my favorite movie Midsummer, and uh, he was definitely uh, prepared to commit Atasupo by jumping off the highest ledge. Of which I should say there are plenty around. Uh, the, the views, uh, absolute scenes out there, really great. Um, Willa, uh, very small runtime for her this episode. Uh, she looked like she was um, advising Connor whether to uh, go in guns a blazing into the embalming room, which is really not a situation you want to find yourself in. And really like nobody tells you that's what it's going to be like when you get married. Yeah. Um, it, it was a rough episode because there's really nothing for her to do, but it's good that she has a job advising uh, Connor on what or what not to tell his brothers over the phone. Uh, very funny. Um, so I'm, I'm going to put a, a don't sell on our, our favorite uh, gal, Willa. It's uh, <laughs> up next is our man, uh, Barnacle Meat Tom. Tom, after a, a kind of pathetic start, um, you would have assumed he would be on the kill list. He had an inter awkward interaction. Uh, turns out being mean to his uh, his estranged wife was the key to getting back in her good graces and then setting up what could be a uh, lucrative future at whatever ATM becomes. Because we know that Tom in the past has said Nazis are not cool. So maybe he's got the right attitude for uh, Matson's vision. <laughs> That's the bar. Uh, you know, that, that voice could be... Uh... You know, that could be actually in short supply because we learned that the Mencken campaign uh, had a direct line into the editorial meeting. And I would just say, I just want to say that, uh, first of all, stock up for Tom, surprisingly, we would we would never allow that. Um, we do not have ESPN PR call indoor uh, morning meetings to, to shape our coverage, uh, despite what some people might have you believe um but, you know, we could really use it some days when there's not much going on so if they want to give it a try yeah josh josh krulowitz uh standing invitation uh dial in uh you don't have anything better to do carl high socks muller kill us down he's got that golden parachute um i don't really know what he was expecting it's kind of funny like he got on the plane. Um, he seemed dour. He seemed more upset that Tom wasn't on the kill list than he was on the kill list. It was very funny to watch them uh, react to the kill list. It's like it's pretty much everyone in the room, including the people we aren't really familiar with. You had to figure they were on the list. It would have been funny if they were like Mark and the other guy. You guys aren't on the list. You, you're You're definitely staying on. So they'd be hoping for that uh, spinoff money. One of those jabronis who was on the kill list, I don't know if you caught it, uh, when the, the Gojo group was joking around and making fun of them in Swedish, uh, the camera panned to him and he was laughing. <laughs> like yeah. he understood the language, which I thought was an amazing touch. And even that didn't save him. <laughs> uh, Connor, uh, the kill Roy. Uh, well, obviously, I think this is a stock up for him. He got delegated some real responsibility with dad's funeral. Uh, he's there fighting for pants, I guess, which is a very important thing to uh, be fighting for in the 21st century. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, I listen, I mean, I think I think he's just 
well he cares i think this is a a campaign thing for him i think the news got out that he he wore a kilt uh it, it would be a big news cycle i don't think that that plays very well in ohio i mean we've come a long way but, but please a, a skirt for a man i mean it's 2023 what are we doing well first as someone of uh partial scottish descent I appreciate your good kilt. I've never worn one, um, but I, I've, and I, I don't know. I've been to Scotland a few times. I, I don't think I've ever actually seen anyone wearing them, uh, outside of Outlander. But it made me think. Like, I went to a funeral like two months ago, and I don't. I just remember like seeing from like midsection up, you know, because the the caskets have the two parts that flip up. Um, I don't remember the footwear or the uh, the pants that any of my uh, deceased uh, relatives have worn. So I, I guess that would be another thing that Connor's going to have to deal with. Are we going full open casket or a partial open casket? Maybe that would be a compromise. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I never thought, nobody sees it. I never thought about it before, but the caskets are kind of uh, like the Sky Dome. Where like part of the roof is open, but uh, yeah. you know, even like on a sunny day, they leave a little bit to the imagination. I like that. Um, Jerry, uh, I, I think Jerry, you know, survived. And I think we know that this is going to go, um, you know, we're buying stock up on her, but I think that she gave some, uh, that speech was actually pretty good when she's, uh, she was speaking to like American ingenuity. And I think it was a it was a uh, a point for me to realize like she actually does kind of have some skill and you could understand why people would follow her because when Logan was around you know she was uh you know the butt of the joke a real punching bag for like the sin of kind of just being competent at her job. Yeah, she was like, "We survived the pathogen that was Logan Roy, um, and they're just soft Europeans." I mean, it, it was really good, and also I think. It, it stuck out to me, so I don't know, maybe my memory is not accurate, but this is like the first time we've ever seen Jerry with her hair down at work. Um, she, she was there at 9 a.m. or 8 a.m. or whenever they started, and her hair was down, which I thought was weird. So I think Jerry is just uh, letting loose a little bit. I love it. I love it. Spring break Jerry. Uh, also on her own uh, demented spring break uh, would be Shiv. Shiv making some decisions. Yeah, uh, kind of a rum springer for a pregnant lady. Uh, you get on a plane. I bet she didn't pick up any popcorn. Um, <laughs> she goes over. She does cocaine with a stranger. Um, she gets in a physical altercation that kind of uh, worked for her with her estranged husband. Um, Shiv definitely is uh, stock up right now. I, I think this is the strongest we have ever seen Shiv, basically. Um, even when like Logan was like talking to her about coming back in, like her possibly taking over, like it was so immediately undone by her speaking out of turn mm -hmm. uh, and ruining something at like one of the retreats uh, or one of the meetings. But I mean, this is her just like playing the game and, and I, she wasn't even really looking for it. It's like Matson came to her. Um, so she just, she played the hand she was dealt uh, so well in this episode. And yeah, I think this was as high as Shiv has ever been. 
I want to disagree with that, uh, but we're on the heels of of me saying last week that I don't think we've ever seen her uh, add real value uh, and be a a game changer herself. And she was certainly that. So I I, no quibbles with me stock way up. Uh, Whatever she's doing doesn't seem healthy. That's the only thing I'm going (laughs) to, that's going to throw that into the mix. I I think, you know, we're cruising for a bruise in long-term, but uh, right now ride that high. Yeah, I she she might have some toxic traits. Um, I think that might be uh, a family thing. Uh, I can't be a hundred percent certain, but um, for now, you know, when it when it's working, it's working. Uh, Hugo trying to make small talk uh, about the Sochi Olympics, uh, just as awkward as you might expect. That was that was so good. Um, I think. First, they heard him talking about it when they were getting on the golf carts, and they're like, "Screw that guy!" And then he meets his uh, his his bizarro Jerry World uh, counterpart at uh, at Gojo, and he's like, "Oh, that was almost so big of you. Uh, that was almost so great. Um, just a powerhouse performance." And then immediately stock down because he's on the kill list. So stock way down for me. Uh, I did think that that line about Kendall saying, let's crucify whoever's putting that negative information out. I don't, maybe that was a red herring and that's not going to come back into play, but I do think that Hugo has a little bit of leverage insider trading or not. Uh, he kind of knows what what Kendall has done. I don't know if Hugo's the type to go quietly. seems like he could get another job. He seems really skilled. Uh, at what he's what he's been doing for all these uh, the rat fucking, I believe is the ex- is the uh, exact job description. Uh, yeah, the rat fucking, and also the amount of times that uh, people in uh, high power executive meetings are told to fuck off. Um, I I just wish that you know we have our little editorial meetings every now and then. I think you should mix a little bit more of that in there. Um. It's like, oh, that's a good job. Now uh, everybody fuck off and write some posts. Yeah, all right. Well, you know, that's uh, it's very easy to say uh, when your ass is not in the jackpot. Um, we have Gojo Facilitator. I don't know who that is, so we're going to move right on to Ray. Um, it's going to be a stock down, obviously, but uh, let's just uh, pour one out for our man, Patch Durag. Dura. Patch Dura, amazing name, amazing face, very pale, um, uh, big loser. Just a big loser from uh, day one to day uh, the last of his days. Who the hell is Ray? That's the guy who was laughing at the joke. Oh my god! That yeah, I it was Ray and Mark. Those are the those are the two uh, dudes. Yeah, uh, I guess knocked down since we never heard. We might have heard of him once before, or a couple times. I I don't really remember it, but. Uh, yeah, when when we're uh, five episodes left in the entire series, and I'm like, who the hell is that guy? And I hear he's about to get fired. I, I'd say that's stock down. Yeah, he's a hanger on. Uh, the definition of a hanger on. Uh, what if Ray about- ends up being the? What if Ray ends up in charge? Amazing, amazing. I couldn't even be mad at it. Uh, Ebba, um, she's she's got a lot of blood on hand. Uh, she's got a lot of DNA evidence uh speaking of that cancellation i alluded to earlier um ebba huh ebba's his type interesting yeah uh that's i mean i was getting some carolina vibes from her uh 
So, yeah, that's why I think Carolina's in trouble. But um, obviously not that big of trouble because she's just going to end up getting some big uh, quiet settlement. Uh, Abba seems like a nice lady. Um, she obviously is over everything. So, you know, maybe we'll never see her again or maybe she maybe she wins the succession. We'll see. Tough to say. Uh, it feels like her uh, stock has been down for some time. Seems like she's been uh, living uh, living in hell. And, and unless she uh, needs a transfusion, uh, she's kind of living the the life that Kramer always dreamed of uh, when he was stockpiling his own blood. What is she doing with all that blood? I mean, do you think she's... I mean, you really only need to keep like one brick. Sorry. I don't know. I mean, I got to imagine if I know anything about like Swedish law... Uh, there's probably some pretty strict uh, guidelines for disposing of it. Uh, well, we'll look into it. We'll get on to IT on it. Uh, all right. Well, we have three characters remaining. One uh, is a major figure. Two are ancillary. Uh, it, there's a Rasmus listed. Uh, he is the long-haired gentleman who told Hugo to save some for the rest of us, uh, much <laughs> like uh, when George Costanza was housing shrimp at his meeting. That was that was such a great uh, small talk in a conference line. And then Hugo turns around and is like, I'll share it with you, which was obviously the weirdest possible thing for anyone to ever say. And he's like, well, I have a great metabolism because I'm uh, quick on my feet or some shit. So yeah. uh, Rasmus, good, good job. Uh, and then immediately getting away. Yeah, absolutely. He, he got out of there. He did the eye roll. Uh, we have Andres. Uh, as the penultimate character, you might know him from the Soji Olympics, what could have been. Looked physically fit. Uh, I like that he was downplaying his accomplishments. Uh, he's like, that was another life. Uh, that, was, that was less than a decade ago. I mean, you're in the Olympics. Uh, I mean, two presidential administrations removed. Uh, and you, you've already uh, taken the next chapter of your life. And you're just uh, like out there looking at a fjord, feeling good, thinking about the future. Yeah, pretty much anyone who is in the Winter Olympics comes from money. Uh, so, and they're just doing like skiing or ice skating competitively. Um, I mean, you're 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 skiing with a rifle on your back. It's it's all bullshit, rich guy stuff. Um, so he was just ready for the next thing. So Gojo came along, and he's like, "I'm all right with not winning the bronze, and I'm I'm okay with those tenths of a second on my ski jump." Apparently. Well, I mean, I think it's a stock up for him and everybody oh, yeah. involved in, in Gojo because, like, I, I don't want to make assumptions here, but I'm going to go ahead and say that Madsen's going to trust his own team. Um, if this was a retreat to uh, figure out what the cultural fit was, I think that we discovered that it's uh, outside of a few uh, redheads. Uh, it, it's not so great. Uh, it's not congruent. I, I think that, I think that Andres is going to be just fine. I don't think he's going to succeed. I don't think he's going to be the next Logan Roy, uh, but I would uh, anticipate that he's going to have uh, plenty of time to kick his feet up uh, and look at his, uh, I, what do you get for finishing for? Do you think you get like a certificate? I mean, it feels like if you get that close to the medal, you should at least get something. I don't know. I mean, I, I, you, you get welcomed back to your Scandinavian country as a, uh, as a fellow rich person. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I forgot about the bit where it was a uh, stock up or stock down, but, uh, it's just, it's just so important that 
all of our uh, Scandinavian brothers are honored. Well, before we get to Lucas Matson, I want to say, you know, as someone, uh, I mean, you mentioned your lineage earlier, uh, being Scottish, uh, you know, representation is uh, so important. And I just thought that it made me want to go. Um, the architecture was unbelievable. Um, it's the first time that the Roys have really felt this out of place uh, and uncomfortable. They were consistently on their back heels. It's one thing to go to a bar uh, in America where with guys, you know, who get blood in their hair and sweat through their hands in uh, <laughs> kind of cosplay. It's totally different to go up there where like the concept of equality, uh, you know, and like almost like this coldness and, and aloofness is so omnipresent that like money doesn't break through, especially when they have money too. So I thought that like, that was a really cool setting for us to see what it was like when the when the Roy family was uh, up for inspection uh, and didn't really have the answers of the gravitas uh, outside of like a two-on-one meeting out there in the foothills. Yeah, there was kind of a, a entirely different vibe from the other uh, rich person retreats. And I mean, where it's all that bullshit white person stuff of like hunting quail and fucking going on walks along uh, waterfalls, guided tours. Uh, it's an entirely different uh, rich person thing where the, I think they were all just bored, um, which which really annoyed them. Um, you know, they just, they just want to watch ATN and read the ATN Twitter, which is uh, definitely blue. <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. All right. Uh, our last character of the week, uh, you know, the, the biggest star, uh, sucked the oxygen out of the room in so many ways is Lucas Madsen. I think we know which way this one is going. So I guess I'd ask you if you, do you feel the same way about him as you do Shiv, that this was him at his most powerful. And and to get there, I think he had to be at his most vulnerable by uh, admitting to the what has to be the weirdest uh, sexual harassment um test testimony that we will ever hear uh yes i i sent her a brick of blood uh as a joke and then i sent her more bricks of blood which wasn't a joke but then i sent the perfect brick of blood which was a joke and now he he figured out i mean it, it's so funny it's how it's just like yeah just say a bigger number and he's like oh thanks for the business tip I'll just say a bigger number and then he says a bigger number and then he gets what he wants. Um, yeah, he, he's going to own ETN. He's going to own everything, all the way star shit. So, I mean, obviously stock up for him until the U S media gets hold of him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there will be, uh, some hit pieces, uh, as we mentioned before, you know, looking forward uh, I, I'm curious to see if this is uh, this is his apex mountain. Uh, I would anticipate <laughs> him getting more powerful the next one or two episodes before ultimately uh, subsiding some of that. Are you kind of on the same page or what do you think? Do you think it's going to fall apart? I do think it's going to fall apart. And I think part of it will be hubris. Uh, and I think that part of it will be people taking things personally uh, and not just uh, looking at the cold business facts of things. 
I think it's going to be very Calypsotron uh, focused in the next few weeks, which I'm excited about. Um, I I hope to get, I hope to find out that Vincent Chase is involved in this movie and that uh, the Roy children are on set for the quarter billion dollar movie, which is a tentpole. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like the deal has to eventually fall apart or maybe that's just, I, I don't, I don't know what to think. Um, whatever they do, I was completely all in on this episode. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the successioning, um, and there was a lot of, I mean, to go back to Entourage, which I brought up a whole 30 seconds ago, a lot of movie on movie off bullshit. And I don't think they invented it, but they perfected it. And I think there's going to be a lot of that in the next uh, few episodes. No, sure. And I think that I'm a little bit uh, less thrilled uh, with tonight than you were. Uh, and I think that that's fine. I, I, I'm curious if uh, a second viewing would make me like it more. Uh, I kind of think that it would. Uh, we record right after it uh, it ends uh, and Barry takes for over. you, the, the listener. Yes, for you, uh, you know, because we care about you so much. So I think that like, with some time, <laughs> with some time, uh, I'll get there. Uh, but uh, no doubt for me, no argument that the, the, the plot was advanced a tremendous amount and we're moving in a new direction. And, and like, you know, maybe you need that. Maybe you, everything, uh, you know, like everything can't be a nail and a hammer. Uh, and, you know, you got to use a screwdriver sometimes. I don't know. I don't well, Ikea, is that anything? It's yeah, okay. I, it's certainly it's something fresh. It's a, it's instead of fighting against Logan, they have a new common enemy uh, slash someone who they also want the acceptance of. Um, right now, it's Shiv who who is I mean, he's listening to her and asking her for advice, which is probably the perfect way to play Shiv. So I think it's I think it's good, fresh blood. I did not miss Brian Cox this episode as much as I assumed I would. Um, maybe because he's on my TV every 10 minutes selling every goddamn product that exists. Um, but yeah, um, I'm I'm excited to see how they wrap this up. Still. All right. All right. Five episodes left. Uh, that was uh, that's the midway point. Uh, we're there. I'm Kyle Coster. That was Stephen Douglas. This is the big stream from the big lead. Do you got any line, like any clever thing you wrote down? We didn't get to you want to, it could make a nice like send off uh, as people stop listening to their podcasts. Well, I mean, do you want to go back and maybe shall we maybe not do the bad version of this podcast? Oh, shit. <laughs>